This is Tem Two Work. Remember, all along I was busy with Tem One Work. In a way, we we're doing a revision of Tem One. Now we're dealing with Tem Two. I'm going to be as low as possible so that at least you are able to understand every legal uh, concept here. Today's topic is based on genetics. And remember, it carries 45 marks, part of HIPAA 2. So if you miss it, already you have missed almost 45 marks. And if you listen attentively, it is very simple. Although I know it's very challenging, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it open that I simplify it for you. You can get total. So make sure wherever you are, you also make it open that you have the pamphlet where you are going to write some notes down. Like I indicated, I'm going to be as low as possible. And some of the things I'll be repeating so that at least you understand almost everything. The other interesting thing is that um, it's like this topic has been given three to four slots. So that's why I said I'm going to be very, very slow as possible so that at least you are able to jot almost everything. So when we check genetics, just look at the word genetics or write it down. Genetics. And then after writing it down, then if you check the first four letters, the first one is G, the second one is E, the third one is N, the fourth one is E. So it's like the gene. So now we are going to learn a lot of aspects based on the gene. And then the question is, what is a gene? Let me clarify this one with regard to its explanation. Number one, I'm sure you all know that inside the cell, we've got the nucleus. You may just write cell, and then from there, you write the nucleus. In other ways, inside the cell, we find the nucleus, although we've got the cytoplasm, you still remember, and so on, but specifically, I want to concentrate on the, the nucleus. We've got the cell, the nucleus, and then inside the nucleus, we've got chromosomes. Just write chromosomes. And then on the chromosomes, we have DNA. You may just write dash and write DNA. And then on the right, right hand side again, you may also draw a line and write gene. So if you check our arrangement here, we started with cell, then nucleus, chromosomes, DNA, and a gene. So when we define a gene, because I told you that genetics is about gene, G-E-N-E, the first four letters uh, are announced as gene. So now, when we define a gene, that's why we say a gene is a small portion of DNA. Why? Because immediately after DNA, we've got the gene. So a gene is the small portion of the DNA that calls for a particular characteristic. Like, like for argument's sake, color and, and, and shape and so on and so on. The other thing that I want you to take into cognizance with regard to genetics is that you also need to know the founder of genetics. The founder of genetics is Gregor Mendel. He is also regarded as the father of genetics. Gregor Mendel, G-R-E-G-O-R, and then Mendel. Now, on that note now, how do we define genetics? Remember, the most important thing before we started with this program, uh, our presenter was asking a question about the whole part of genetics. I said, 
when we look at a particular child, you realize that this child, some features resemble the mother, whereas some features resemble the father. This is exactly what we are going to discuss, what, what happened, in other words, about the similarities and also the differences. So then how do we define genetics? In other words, genetics is the study of heredity. Genetics is the study of heredity. You also underline heredity. And the variations, underline variations, that occur in the transmission of hereditary characteristics. That occur in the transmission of hereditary characteristics. So in other ways, uh, in genetics, we study the similarities and the differences. The similarities and the differences between the related individuals. Like I've been giving an example to say, when you look at a particular child, you may just look at yourself and you realize that some features you resemble the mother, whereas some features you resemble the father. This what I, what I'm talking about, the differences and similarities, and then between related individuals. So now I've already told you that uh, Gregor Mendel is the father of genetics, and then we we also have to know the laws that are underpinned uh, from Gregor Mendel's, such as Mendel's law of segregation and the law of independent assortment. Although this one we are going to discuss it thoroughly, one will be will be busy with diabetic crossing. So today we are going to focus our attention on the monoabric crossing and also the terminologies. Now, for you to understand the whole chapter of genetics, we need to start with terminology. Let us start with the first one. Monohybrid crossing. Monohybrid crossing. Mono is derived from the Greek word meaning one. So in other words, you may just write monohybrid crossing and then just write mono or underline mono and then write one. So remember I said monohybrid crossing. So this is the crossing that involves only one characteristic. The crossing that involves only one characteristic. I'm also going to give you an example. Remember here will be crossing parents, male and female. So now when we talk about the crossing, we're talking about the crossing of both male and, and female. In other words, our parents. So let us check for argument's sake to give you an example. If we cross the black cow and a white bull, remember I said black cow and a white bull, black is color and also white is color. Although we've got two different colors, but the most important thing is that we're, I mean, we've got color as a characteristic. So when we check this one, it's only one characteristic, which is color. Like I indicated, although we've got black and white, which are two different colors, but the fact of the matter is that there are colors. So now, when we deal with the crossing of this nature, you need to know that this is monohybrid crossing. Why? Because it is the crossing that involves only one characteristic. As simple as that. Now, we also have what we call the dihybrid crossing. Di meaning true. Di meaning true. In other words, here, this is the crossing that involves two characteristics. The crossing that involves two characteristics. Mm, let me give you an example here. Uh, let me say, examiner says, you are going to cross the following patterns of a particular plant, and then we've got the wrinkled and green seed crossed with round and yellow seed. Just write down, wrinkled and green seed crossed with, crossed with, you may uh, indicate it by multiplication sign, although it's not multiplied by, it's just write multiplied by, although that multiplication sign 
represent crossing. Simply write multiplication sign. I said a wrinkled and green seed crossed with a round and yellow seed. When you check from our scenario here, we said a wrinkled and green seed. When you check a wrinkled, it's about shape, but green is, is a color crossed with a round. A round again is shape and the yellow, which is the yellow seed, is also color. So in other ways, when I said this diaper crossing, this simply means like I've already indicated to say, it is the crossing that involves two characteristics. In this case now, uh, the characteristics that are crossed here is shape and color, shape and color. And then uh, the, the other terminology that you need to know is homozygous and heterozygous. Homo also derived from the Greek word homo meaning the same, and then uh, heterozygous meaning different. Now, before we continue with this, you need to take into cognizance to say homo means same and then hetero means different, so that when we define them, you must know that under homozygous, somewhere you must have the weight same, and then when you define heterozygous, somewhere you need to have uh, a, a different. So uh, let, let us start with homozygous. Here, two identical alleles for a particular characteristics. I'm going to guide you about an allele or what is an allele, but for now, just that we've got two identical alleles for a particular characteristic, e.g. capital letter T, capital letter T, or small letter T, small letter T, capital letter T, capital letter T, or small letter T, small letter T. Then when we say two identical alleles, then when we talk about capital letter T, that capital letter T, for now just know that that is an allele. I'm going to explain what is an allele. Just in other words, we've got capital letter T, an allele, another capital letter T, an allele, meaning that we've got two alleles or alleles. And as long as these two alleles are the same, we say this are homozygous, hence we said homo means the same. Or you may end up having T, small letter T, and small letter T. When you check this small letter T, it's an allele, and then another small letter T is an allele. So in other words, we have got two alleles here. These alleles, all of them are the same. Then we call it homozygous. And in most instances, uh, when you see this dominant, this capital letter T, or this first group of, of T's, capital letter T, capital letter T, we say they are dominant because the dominance, dominance is represented by capital letter T, capital letter T. But the recessive is represented by small letter T, small letter T. So in other words, this capital letter T, capital letter T, its phenotype is tall, and then small letter T, small letter T, small letter T, its phenotype is short. I'm also going to discuss what a phenotype is, don't worry. Now, I was talking about homozygous, saying two identical alleles for a particular characteristics. Now, let us check the heterozygous. Remember I said hetero means different. So here, two different alleles for a particular characteristic are, are, are represented there. Now let us check what's happening there as an example. If we have got capital letter T and small letter T, that capital letter T is dominant, that small letter, small letter T is, is recessive. So in other ways, with regard to heterozygous, one uh, allele should be dominant and the other allele should be recessive. So, but now when we combine them together, capital letter T and small letter T, although it's heterozygous, it's like the principal and the deputy principal. The one who has got authority is the principal. So this capital letter T is like the principal. This small letter T is like the deputy principal. But when we check the authority from a particular school, we know that the principal is the one that has final authority. So in other words, because this capital letter T stands for tall, this small letter, small letter T stands for, for short, although they are uh, combined and to represent heterozygous. But here, although it's tall and short, but the one that is going to mask the other one is this tall. So in other words, uh, the phenotype of this one or the outward appearance of this one is going to be tall. Now, uh, 
uh, what is the phenotype? What is the genotype? Phenotype, maybe you need to write the following so that you understand what's happening. Just phenotype, write pH is equal to pH, pH is equal to pH. Then the first pH is for phenotype. The second pH is for physical appearance, the physical appearance of an organism. So in other words, when you talk about the physical appearance, we're talking about the outward appearance. I mean, if you are just, just close your eyes and think about everybody that you know who is tall or, or anybody that you know who is very short. When you look at that particular person who is tall, you don't become presumptuous to say it's like this person is tall. You are able to see that this person is tall because that is the outward appearance. This is what we are able to see. So that is the phenotype, the outward appearance. And when you talk about color for argument's sake, when you say a black cow, you don't become presumptuous to say this cow is like it is black. You are able to see the outward appearance that this cow is black. So that is what we call the phenotype. And then remember I said you can use this mnemonic devices. pH is equal to pH, meaning that the first pH is for phenotype, the second pH is for physical appearance. Then when we define it, I said phenotype is the physical appearance of an organism. I gave an example of tall or short or even color. Now the genotype, this is what you are not able to see. This is what happens inside so that ultimately we end up having the ultimate results which is the outward appearance. So the genotype is the genetic composition of an organism. Genetic composition of an organism. Or in some books, they talk about the genetic makeup of an organism. The genetic makeup of an organism. Now, what is an allele? An allele, now, this one, let me give you an example. Let me say, we're looking at a particular lady. She's wearing the knobs. And then, uh, remember, obviously, her ears are going to be the same. Say, let us compare those ears as chromosomes. It's like when we are talking about homologous chromosomes. Now, there's the opening, obviously, where they are wearing, the position where they are wearing knobs, there's an opening there. Then let us say that opening is called the locus. Locus is the position derived from the Greek word locus. And in English, in most instances, they say location. Location is just the position. Now, the, these openings are like locus. Then those knobs are like genes. So now, uh, here, when we define the allele, you are going to say, the different forms of genes. Let me say those knobs. The other one is is, is, is yellow. The other one is is, is 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 green for argument's sake. So different forms of gene which occur at the same locus. Remember when you check the way the, the, the knobs are situated uh, from the when you check your, your, the ears of a particular lady, you'll tell us the position is just the same. Although the other knob may be white or yellow or whatever color, the other one a different color. But as long as they're at the same locus and from the homolo- on the homologous chromosome, then we talk of that of an allele. So let me define it again. I said allele is the different forms of a gene. You underline gene and different forms which occur at the same locus. You underline same locus. In brackets, you need to write position. And then on homologous chromosomes, you also underline homologous chromosomes. Remember, homo means the same. Uh, and then in this regard, when we talk about homologous chromosomes, the other chromosome will be coming from the mother. The other one will be coming from the father. And then collectively, they form the homologous. And those chromosomes should be of the same size. Hence, we say homo means the same, meaning referring to the same size. And then uh, the other thing that I want you to know is about the dominant allele and the recessive allele. So maybe before I explain this, just write capital letter T and small letter T. Capital letter T and then after capital letter T, just write small letter T. Now, uh, from this point, that capital letter T is a dominant allele and the small letter T is the recessive allele. But now we are dealing with the dominant. So, again, we can also have capital letter T and capital letter T. Don't worry, I'm also going to define it. Just write capital letter T, capital letter T. Remember, you've got two scenarios. The first one I said write capital letter T 
and small letter T, then that capital letter T is dominant over small letter T. So now the second scenario I said you write capital letter T and capital letter T, so they also represent dominant. So in other ways or in simpler terms, you need to know that when you talk about dominant, in most instances it is represented in the form of capital letters. And then how do we define dominant allele now? It's an allele that is expressed in the phenotype when found in the heterozygous. You write capital letter T and small letter T and in brackets. And homozygous, capital letter T, capital letter T condition. So in other words, you are going to say an allele, when you talk about dominant allele, is an allele that is expressed in the phenotype when found in the heterozygous and homozygous condition. So if we're talking about tall here, capital letter T, capital letter T, that is tall, it is homozygous tall. Capital letter T and small letter T, that is heterozygous, but it is heterozygous tall. So now this T is dominant. Now number six, we have got the recessive allele. The recessive allele is an allele that is masked or not shown in the phenotype when found in the heterozygous condition. An allele that is masked or not shown in the phenotype when found in the heterozygous condition. It is only expressed in the homozygous condition. Here, let me give you an example before I discuss this so that at least you don't cram life senses. You need to understand what's really happening. Let me say in a particular school, we've got the principal and two deputy principals. So if we have the principal and the deputy, it is like a heterozygous condition because the position of the principal is not similar to the principal of the, de the position of the deputy. So we've got the principal and also the deputy, two different positions. But now, if, if we have this particular situation, the question is, uh, we want to select one person who is going to, going to have final authority. Obviously, it's the principal. In other words, the principal dominates the deputy principal. This is the first point that I wanted to bring forth to say an allele that is must not shown in that uh, I said that person is going to be dominant is the principal. But now, if I were talking about recessive, now we're referring to the deputy principal. In other words, the deputy principal is going to be masked. When the second manager comes to a particular school and he wants the person who has got the final authority, obviously the deputy principal is not going to be considered. The person who is supposed to be accountable is the principal. That's why we said the deputy principal may not be even consulted. So now he's masked or not shown. Why? Because we're talking about the heterozygous condition, which condition we talked about the capital, I mean the principal and the deputy. In this case, we talk about capital letter T and small letter T. Remember, capital letter T stands for tall and then small letter T stands for short. Now, in this condition, uh, that short allele uh, is not represented or it's masked. It is only expressed in the homozygous condition. Where this part is visible is only when it is found in the homozygous condition. Now, I talked about the principal and two deputy principals. Now, let us remove the principal now. Then we check the deputy principal number one and deputy principal number two. Both of them are equal. So now here, when you talk about the authority of the school, both of them are, are, are going to be accountable So because they are equals. So now in that uh, scenario now, capital and small letter T, small letter T in this regard, we said it is only expressed in the homozygous condition. The deputy principal are only visible when the principal is not there. But if it's there, now it's a heterozygous condition. So uh, they're not going to be visible. Now, from here, we're going to discuss, continue the structure of monohybrid crossing. And remember this monohybrid crossing, we're going to discuss it from five scenarios. We're going to check co-dominance, incomplete dominance, complete dominance, sex-linked disorders or sex-linked characteristics, and also blood groups. In other words, we're going to make genetic cross across five uh, categories. I said co-complete dominance, incomplete dominance, uh, co-dominance, I said complete dominance, incomplete dominance and co-dominance. The fourth one is going to be sex-linked characteristics. 
and also blood groups. So, but now the genetic cross is just the same. Sometimes the examiner is going to request you to give a genetic cross of co-dominance of these five aspects that I've just outlined. Now, let me give you a scenario how to get two marks because in most instances it is about six marks. How to get two marks before you even answer any particular type of question. Whether it's going to be co-dominance incomplete uh, complete or, or sexually disorder or blood groups, you are going to use the same format. And then for you not to forget it, think about anybody or any, any student in your particular class with their, and whose name start with P, like Precious. And then if maybe you are fortunate enough, you realize that there's somebody with the name P that start with P and also the same name would start with M. So let me give you mine. Let me say Precious Mantata. You are going to write a sentence, okay? Precious Mantata gets favor forever. You write the statement. Precious Mantata gets favor forever. Remember, we've got five ways there. It is Precious. The second one is Mantata. The other one is Gets. The other one is Favor. The other one is forever. Then from there, you are going to underline the first letters now. Under preachers, you are going to underline P. Then under P, just write capital letter P. Under Mantata, remember you underlined M. You also write M, just below that M that you have just underlined. Gets, you also underline G. Just below that G, you write G. And then favor, you underline F. Then below that F, you write F. Then forever, you underline F. Then below that F, you write F. So now you are going to write those those uh, letters moving downwards now. In other words, you are going to have P, then you skip two lines, you write M. You skip two lines, you write G. You skip two lines, you write F. You skip two lines, you write another F. So now that P, write P1. And then that F down there, the last F, just write F1. In other words, you are going to have P. P1 is parent 1 or parents 1 or P1. Then F1 is... Uh, first filial generation. It simply means the first filial generation. In other words, the first set of offspring. So if I'm talking about my parents, and then my parents are like P1, and then my siblings, my younger brothers, and also my brother, all of us, whether we're four or five or eight or ten or whatever number, all of us, we fall under the same category, which is F1 generation, the first set of offspring. Now, under P1, or on the right-hand side of P1, just write phenotype, and just below phenotype, write genotype. Down there, under F1, start with genotype. Next to on the right hand side of F1, write genotype. Under genotype, you write phenotype. When you check all this, uh, uh, you check almost the whole scenario now, more especially when you talk about the phenotypes, you'll realize that the phenotype are outside, whereas the genotype inside. Remember, with the P1, we start the phenotype and also the genotype. With the F1 generation, we start with the genotype, but the outward part is the phenotype. Just to write that scenario, when we mark, already we've got two marks. Remember, we've not yet started with answering any type of question, but here, immediately say represent a genetic cross, whether it's of co-dominance, complete dominance, or incomplete dominance, or whatever. You are going to use this format. Already from by writing this format, you've got two marks. When we mark, we check as to whether maybe a learner has got P1 and F1. And if we've got P1 and F1, we embrace them and then we give you a mark. And then that M stands for meiosis. Remember, parents, for parents to have children, remember F1 generation is like children or offspring. For parents to have children, number two, it should be M. That M stands for meiosis. In other words, for parents to have children, they must have a process of meiosis. I explained to you last time when I was busy with reproduction, when we were busy with spermatogenesis and oogenesis, the formation of sperm cells and the formation of egg cells. This process of gametogenesis brought forth by the process of meiosis. Now, from meiosis, we have G. That G stands for gametes. And then gametes, remember, I talked about sperm cell and also the egg cells. And then down there, we've got F. That, in other words, the sperm cell is going to fertilize the Excel, then that F stand for fertilization. After fertilization, now we end up having F1, meaning that we're going to have offspring. As simple as that, already I've got uh, two marks. Now, uh, I'm going to check questions, or maybe to give you a scenario, 
then uh, we'll discuss question a little bit later. But I want us to check something. With complete dominance, incomplete dominance, and co-dominance, the genotypes are just the same. What I'm going to do right now, I'm going to give you the phenotypes, same phenotype for complete dominance, incomplete dominance, and co-dominance. So let me start with the complete dominance. Let me say we cross a white cow or a black cow or a black bull. Let me say black bull and a white cow. Remember, I'm talking about black and white. And then all the offspring that are going to be produced, you realize that all of them are black. So in other ways, uh, black is dominant because it dominates it dominates uh, uh, white completely. Then that's why we talk of complete dominance. How do we write its genotype? The genotype there is represented by, in the, is represented by letters. We are going to have capital letter B capital letter B, crossed with small letter B, small letter B. Why are we saying small letter B, small letter B, whereas we are talking about Y, instead of writing small letter W, small letter W? It's like, isn't that, we said complete dominance, it dominates white completely. It's like the principal and the deputy principal. We don't say the principal and deputy manager. We simply say the principal and deputy principal. But in a company, we say it's a manager and deputy manager. We don't say a manager and deputy principal. So in other words, if black is dominant here and we have written capital letter B, capital letter B, even white, instead of writing W, we're going to write small letter B, small letter B. Why? Because it's like the principal and deputy principal. The word principal is applicable in all instances. So in other words, we need to have BB. But this BB should be small. So to indicate that indeed it's recessive. Now the co-dominance, co means equal. I'm going to use the same phenotype. When you talk about the black cow, black bull, cross with a white cow, and you realize that when you check all the offspring, each and every offspring has got black and white color. So in other words, these two colors of the parents are equally represented in the offspring. So then we talk of uh, co-dominance. How do we write the genotype? For black, because here co-dominance, co-meaning equal. It's like the principle of Texila and the principle of maybe Western Becker. When they are attending a meeting, all of them have got the ultimate authority. And then from Texila and also from Western Becker. So now here, for black under genotype, you are going to write capital letter B, capital letter D, capital letter B, capital letter B. I said genotype you write capital letter B, capital letter B, crossed with white now. You are going to write capital letter W, capital letter W. Do you see how easy it is? Now, the other one is incomplete dominance. Here, you are going to write this formula. In is equal to in, incomplete dominance, and then dash intermediate, meaning that the first in is for incomplete, the other in is for inter intermediate. Now, here, I'm also going to use the same uh, phenotype so that you, under, you are able to see the differences with regard to the genotypes. We've got black and white. Let me say we cross the black cow, the black bull crossed with a white cow, and all the offspring that are going to be produced there, you realize that all of them are gray in color. So this gray color is the intermediate color found between black and white. And then the genotype was going to write it like we did with the co-dominance genotype. Under black, we write capital letter B, capital letter B. And then under white, we're going to write capital letter W, capital letter W. And then uh, when we come back for, uh, from, we're going to have a short break. But when we come back, I'm going to give you some questions. Then with sex link disorders and uh, blood groups, we're going to discuss them next time because the syllabus of today is not based on the, or the topic of today is not based on the, the sex link disorder and blood groups. Thank you. This lesson is proudly brought to you by Kakiso Trust in partnership with the Limpopo Department of Education and Capricorn FM. Kakiso Trust, overcoming poverty. So now, let me show you how questions are asked based on what I've just presented. How are you going to know that this is about complete dominance? This is about incomplete dominance? This is about co-dominance? Let me give you this question and then I want you to check as to whether maybe 
you can be able to detect as to whether it's complete dominance or incomplete dominance. Remember, with the blood groups and sexual disorder, like I indicated, we're going to discuss them during the next chapter. Like I said, this chapter is going to be based on four lessons, so don't worry. We're still going to discuss almost everything. But now, if examiner says, in humans, the allele for blue eyes is recessive to the allele for brown eyes. In humans, the allele for blue eyes is recessive to the allele for brown eyes. And in most instances, when they say in humans, the allele for brown blue eyes, they write small letter B, is recessive to the allele for brown eyes. And then in brackets, they're going to write cap letter B. Immediately, you see something about, okay, let me check the second statement. It says, a man at Orzagas for brown eyes marries a woman with blue eyes. Show how the possible genotypes, phenotypes, and ratio of individuals with brown eyes eyes in the F1 generation may, may be obtained. It's like it's very complicated. You don't even know what the approach that we are going to use. It's very, very simple. I'm going to guide you through. Now, the first thing that I want you to identify, today I just want you to identify as to whether maybe it is under complete dominance, incomplete dominance or complete co-dominance. The next time when we meet, we'll be discussing other problems and then from there I'm also going to give you how to write the genotypes of sex linked disorders and also the blood type. Now, immediately they say in humans, the allele for blue eyes is recessive. Obviously, in your mind, you must tell yourself that uh, the other allele is dominant. Immediately they talk of recessive and dominant. You know that this is complete dominance. Our examiner may end up saying the allele for brown eyes is dominant over blue eyes. Immediately you see dominant, you know that this is about complete dominance. Or when you see recessive, if they talk about dominant and they don't tell you about recessive, obviously if it's dominant, there's also recessive. And then when they tell you about recessive, if they're recessive, obviously there's dominant. So now, as long as you see the weight recessive or dominant, then you must know that we're talking about complete dominance. Now, and then when they say a man heterozygous or brown eyes, I said hetero means different. In other ways, under the phenotype, you're going to write brown eyes. Remember, the phenotype, you don't write heterozygous brown eyes. You simply write brown eyes crossed with, you write multiplication sign crossed with blue eyes. Then you also write blue eyes. Immediately write brown eyes and blue eyes. You get a mark. Why? Because you have been able to, de to detect that brown eyes and blue eyes are the phenotype. Hence, I said phenotype is the outward appearance. But here now, when they talk of heterozygous brown eyes, heterozygous meaning different. In other words, this hetero, we're going to use it under the genotype. Now. Then hetero means different. We are going to write capital letter B and small letter B for heterozygous. If examiner said homozygous, we were going to write capital letter B, capital letter D, capital letter B. But now it's going to be capital letter B and small letter B. Why? Because it, it, it is heterozygous. Crossed with blue eyes. Remember, here examiner did not tell us as to whether maybe this blue eyes is recessive or dominant. But it's a must. As long as uh, we know that this is homozygous, let us know. Let us check as to whether it can also be heterozygous. You need to know that it's a must. From, your, from what I'm instructing, you need to know that it is a must. It should be homozygous. Remember, homo is the same. As long as it's recessive, it's, it's going to be homozygous. Let us uh, bring forth an argument to say, what if maybe it's heterozygous? If it is, it is heterozygous, it's going to be capital letter B and small letter B. And then immediately it's capital letter B and small letter B, then obviously B is going to be dominant, and meaning that it's no longer going to be blue eyes. It's going to be brown eyes. So that's why we said as long as brown and blue eyes is recessive, then it's a must that it should be homozygous and cannot be heterozygous. Remember, I'm not dealing with the so problems. I'm dealing with the uh, solutions with regard to phenotypes and the genotypes. Now, how do you know that this is going to be an incomplete dominance? If examiner says a homozygous snapdragon plant with red flowers, in brackets maybe rice capital letter R, was cross-pollinated with a homozygous snapdragon plant with white flowers. Don't worry uh, with regard to this. As long as the only thing that I want you to, to take into cognizance, I want you to check as to whether maybe this can fall under complete, incomplete or co-dominance. They say the homozygous snapdragon dragon plant 
with the red flowers in brackets the right capillary R was cross-pollinated with a homozygous snapdragon plant homozygous snapdragon plant with white flowers capillary W look at this statement now all the plants that grew from the cross had pink flowers all the plants that grew from the cross had pink flowers represent a genetic cross to show the possible genotypes and phenotypes of the F1 generation of the plants. Represent a genetic cross to show the possible genotypes and phenotypes of F1 generation of the plant. Now here, immediately they say all the plants that grew from the cross had pink. Remember, pink is not red, pink is not white. Pink is the intermediate color. If maybe literally we're mixing the red paint for argument's sake with the white paint, the result that we're going to get is not going to be red and it's not going to be white. Instead, you find a pink color. So this pink is the intermediate. So immediately you think of intermediate, you start to think about in is equal to in. As long as intermediate means that this is incomplete dominant. Now we are going to check the genotypes. You know that all the genotypes are written like this. Remember I said for red flowers in this regard because I was giving an example with regard to, to black and white. Now when we talk about red flowers, under genotypes we are going to write capital letter R, capital letter R crossed with white, and then white we are going to write capital letter W, capital letter W. As simple as that. And then the third one, maybe examiner says a plant with white flowers, you need to take into cognizance note this white flowers was cross-pollinated with a plant with red flowers. We've got red flowers and then remember we've got white and red now. All the plants that grew from the cross had flowers with equal distribution of red and white patches. So now, immediately they talk of equal distribution of red and white. Remember I said co-dominance, co-means equal. So in other words, we've got red flower and white flowers. But when you check the plants that are going to develop from there, you realize that they've got white and red patches. So in other words, these two colors of the parents are equally represented on the offspring in this regard to the flower. Now, in this case, you need to know that, oh, this is co-dominance. Then you know that when you write uh, the genotypes of co-dominance, if we're talking about red, we're going to write capital letter R, capital letter R. And then if we're talking about white, you're going to write capital letter W, capital letter W. So this is how you're going to... to simplify this now now that we're still having time i want you to check something with regard to the genotypes and i'm sorry the sexling disorders and the blood groups remember these questions that i've given you you are going to deal with them next time before i continue with the other lessons i'm going to start by answering this type of questions now how do we write the remember i said monohybrid crossing is going to be discussed under five perspectives the first one i said complete dominance incomplete and also the third one co-dominance now let us check the sex link disorder and also the blood groups how do we write the genotypes remember i said the crossing is just the same the only difference is with regard to their their, their uh, genotypes now let us check the sex link disorders here let us give example of hemophilia in most instances they say hemophilia is a sex link disorder and then that attacks the recessive gene or it attacks the, the X chromosome. Remember, all the disorders attack the X chromosome. Now, last time when I was with meiosis, I said, in a particular cell, more especially of a human being, we have got 46 chromosomes, which are arranged in pair, according to size and shape, which is called the karyotype. Now, pair 23, 1 up to 22, said is the uh, autosomes, but pair 23 is the sex chromosome. Now, the karyotype of a male, pair 23 is going to be XY, and then the karyotype of a female, pair 23 is going to be XX. So, no, X, Y, um, you obviously are doing mass or mass literacy. When we say four squared, in other words, four is the base and then that two is the exponent. Now, X, Y are going to be represented like that, the basis. Remember, if they say a male, you think of X, Y, and then a female, you think of X, X, then as the basis. Then the disorder now is going to be in the form of exponent. Because hemophilia is caused by the recessive gene, if we've got X, a male who is normal, number one, the first thing that we're supposed to do as the genotype, you write X, Y. Why? Because 
XYZMA, then you write capital letter H just above X. In other words, we're going to have X exponent H, then Y. Then we say this is a normal male. But a male who is suffering from hemophilia, you're going to write XY again, XY for male, then you write exponent H, but small letter H. Why? Because that small letter, meaning that hemophilia is caused by the recessive gene. So now that is a, a male who is suffering from hemophilia. And then the last one, the female, but the female you write XX. If you say this female is normal, you are going to write X exponent H capital letter, X exponent H capital letter. Then this one is normal and homozygous. Why homo means the same, capital letter H, capital letter H. And then if it, this female can also be heterozygous normal, X capital letter H and then X small letter H. Then hetero means different. Then the last one is X. X, meaning referring to the person who's suffering from hemophilia, you write X exponent small letter H and then X exponent small letter H. Then this person is, will be suffering from hemophilia. So when we come next time, I'm going to, I'll be explaining the blood groups and also the revision of the sex link disorders because the lesson that is going to be presented next time is solely based on blood groups and also the sex link disorder. Although I, I'm going to start with the uh, solutions that of the problem that I've just given you right now. And then we really would like to thank you and wish you good luck uh, up until we meet next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. This lesson was uh, proudly brought to you by Kakiso Trust in partnership uh, with uh, Limpopo Department of Education and Capricorn FM. Kakiso Trust, overcoming poverty. That was Capricorn FM Podcast.